0: hey everyone this is adam ellenboss from nightlight astrology and today we are back to take a deeper look at the archetypal combination of the sun and jupiter who are coming together in the sign of aries today Um, this is a big moment within the synodic cycle of jupiter it's a kind of reset or rebirth moment we talked about that yesterday if you want to learn more about the synodic cycle of jupiter and um some of the ins and outs of how that cycle works and where we are in that cycle right now you can watch yesterday's video today we are going to break down five of the major archetypal sun jupiter themes to watch for uh, today and this week you maybe have already noticed some of these things coming in over the past few days even so that's our agenda for today don't forget as always to like and subscribe <clears throat> share your comments in the comment section really helps the channel to grow you can find a transcript of today's talk on the website which is Nightlight Astrology com i'm also really excited to be announcing the beginning of our enrollment season Uh, we are enrolling students for our upcoming classes in the month of june so we have several classes starting in june we have the year one program which is where most of you will want to start if you'd like to study and learn more about ancient hellenistic astrology and how to read birth charts um, from the hellenistic point of view uh, you can check out the courses on the website. This is at nightlightastrology.com. Actually, let me move this around a little bit. Uh, yeah, when you go to the website, click on the courses tab, go to the first year program. You can learn more about it. Over the course of a year together, you can learn all about the curriculum, hear what some of the alumni have had to say uh, about their experiences. There's 30 online webinars that I teach, and then we have 12 online Uh, guest lectures that come in outside of that. We also have a forum discussion that's staffed with live tutors. You can ask questions and always get answers within 24 hours. Uh, We also have breakout study and tutoring sessions in between major units of study in addition to the 30 classes. Everything's recorded. There's tons of bonus material, optional homework and quizzes you can take to help enhance your skills. Uh, You can contact me throughout the course at any point in time in addition to our tutoring staff for help. Uh, you get lifetime access to all the recordings you can attend live or follow along with the recordings as you um as you can if you go to the bottom of the page i want you to check out the early bird payment which saves you a good amount of money Um, and we also have a payment plan if you need a little help with that and then probably the um the best option for some of you is going to be need-based tuition So you can see the need-based tuition assistance is right there. We do have a limited amount of those available for each section, but there's usually plenty to be able to help people who need a little bit of help making the price point manageable within a fixed budget. We don't want this class to only be affordable, uh, you know, for people who are at a certain income range. So we try to make this something that uh, can help people. If you would like a little bit of help, check that option out, and we can see if we can help you make it more affordable to study astrology with us i remember year two and horary also start in june if you have any questions about any of those upcoming programs email us info at nightlightastrology.com hope to see some of you guys in classes soon Um, i think it's going to be a fantastic cohort because we have uh, pluto's entrance into aquarius as the backdrop within which we are starting our studies of astrology this spring so um, it's a fantastic time to uh to dive in all right well um From there, let us scoot over to the real-time clock and take a look at the sun's conjunction with Jupiter before we get into the five major archetypal themes to watch for. All right, so here's the real-time clock, and the one thing I want to really emphasize here is that... Uh, again, this is the beginning of a new synodic cycle for Jupiter. When the sun conjoins Jupiter, that marks sort of like the new moon moment for the planet Jupiter. Now, the last new moon for Jupiter was in March of 2022, and we took we took everybody through that cycle yesterday and sort of identify the different aspects of the cycle, <clears throat> the dates on which those happened. And so you could go back and revisit that. If you didn't watch yesterday's video, there's a lot of information about how to track this new Jupiter cycle that is um, uh, getting, uh, it's that's getting set up here for us as the conjunction occurs. Um, but there's the conjunction. It's happening today, Tuesday, April 11th. You'll be able to feel it into tomorrow, Thursday, Friday, but give it about three degrees of separation. But the reason that you're going to be able to feel this one even more is that Let's take a look at what happens under our next new moon. So if we go forward just a little bit, we're going to see that the next new moon is a solar eclipse at the anoretic last degree of Aries. And that eclipse is still pretty close to Jupiter. And that's on April 19th. So we have, uh, we're entering into eclipse season pretty soon. And this eclipse season will reactivate the conjunction from Jupiter. So you could say that the Jupiter sun conjunction is a little bit of a precursor to the upcoming eclipse. Now um, we will be talking about that eclipse in depth in future videos. Uh, and also for everyone who's asking me to talk more about the fact that the the eclipse will be happening in a square uh, moving across the sign boundary into a square with Pluto. I've heard you, we'll we'll make sure to discuss that. Um, And maybe I'll even tell you a little bit more about why sign boundaries can be tricky in Hellenistic astrology. Um, But anyway, that's neither here nor there. For now, let's talk about the Sun and Jupiter and five of the major themes that you can watch for uh, when the Sun and Jupiter get together. Now, the list that I am giving you could be understood for any Sun-Jupiter conjunction, or any Sun-Jupiter aspect, if it's a trine, if it's a square, if it's an opposition, you will see that these themes tend to express themselves, though slightly differently depending on the nature of the aspect. You know, trines a little bit, trines and sextiles, a little bit more supportive and harmonious, squares a little bit more dynamic and tense. Oppositions, often the same way, a little bit more dynamic and tense. <clears throat> Conjunctions really have the feeling of a fusion of. The planets together into one archetypal, um, like, a, like an archetypal blend. So, um, but these, but these, this list could really work for any of the aspects between the sun and Jupiter. Um, there's maybe a, a couple, and I'll try to dif- uh, distinguish as we go along, w- which ones are more specific to the synodic reset of the conjunction. Uh, actually, the first one is, so let's get into it. Number one is the death and rebirth of authority or paternal figures. Now, um, the reason I use authority or paternal figures is that both um, can be represented by the sun or Jupiter. Remember that when the sun is going to conjoin Jupiter, it means that Jupiter is very late in its life. In fact, a sun, a planet that, a superior planet like Mars, Jupiter, or Saturn, when the sun is about to conjoin that planet, um, it was often depicted as an old person or someone on their deathbed. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, when a planet is old and like on its deathbed, um, the next thing that happens with the actual conjunction is the, the rebirth, or sometimes in the case of horary astrology, when a planet would be Kazemi or at the heart of the sun, it would a person would go from being sick or near dead, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, symbolically speaking, to rising up off their sickbed and starting to recover. And so there's a kind of death and rebirth motif that happens when the sun conjoins one of those superior planets. So when I say death and rebirth, um, I'm leaving that as a pretty broad uh, symbolic statement. Um, And when we talk about authority or paternal figures, we could also talk about that abstractly. For example, what has authority in your life in terms of a life philosophy, religious beliefs, uh, institutions that you belong to, or... um, Uh, structures in your life that grant some kind of ethical or moral or philosophical coherence, the death and rebirth of those Jupiterian um, patterns can occur as the synodic cycle is being reset, but also things like fathers or leaders or authority figures, both represented by the sun and Jupiter, having a kind of a moment of transition um, or reset. So death and rebirth is one way of talking about that reset. Um, the, it's amazing to me how the sun's conjunction with Jupiter will often depict the death of statesmen or political leaders or um, things like that, uh, which is sort of unexpected. It's like it's like um, you think most of the time people don't think of Jupiter associated with death. But remember that Jupiter was the cosmic um, hand of justice and was associated with the courts and with a judgment and the judgment that would rise people up or throw people down. Um, so Jupiter has this long history of not just being associated with all these kind of expansive themes, but also with themes of justice and judgment. And, um, when the sun and Jupiter get together, it can mark these moments where Zeus is like hurling a lightning bolt and the CEO is retiring and, um, stepping down because of a scandal or the grandfather is passing away suddenly of a heart attack. Um, And I don't mean to sound as though that would be because they did something wrong. It it just has this, there's this sense of the solar or Jupiterian figures going through um, a a death. And that death could be, um, you know, um, that death could be an honorable thing, you know, like retirement or something. Uh, but sometimes there is a a sense of those kinds of figures going through a transformation. And sometimes that transformation is, is sudden. Um, I've seen Jupiter sun signatures um, more times than I can count when fathers or grandfathers pass away, when people retire, when leaders die, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it's kind of, it's remarkable actually. Anyway, um, I would also say that the paternal figure could be something about your own internal authority. So, how do I make decisions? Do I feel empowered to make decisions? What are my beliefs? What grants a sense of virtue and like, again, like philosophical coherence to my life? And how is that changing right now? So it's a Jupiterian reset moment that could mean the death and rebirth of uh, authoritative structures that guide our life from the standpoint of virtue or belief. Now, the second one is, these are all of the, you know, kind of watch out for these. And this would be self-importance, inflation, arrogance, bravado, machismo. Um, And there can be, there's a dramatic flair and a grandiosity that can be really charming and fun when it comes to the sun and Jupiter. So I don't mean to like strike down all, you know, like kill, like be a buzzkill. But the potential for this transit to amplify the ego is one of the real shadows. Um, That's one of the real shadows of the transit Self-importance would be the sense that my thoughts, my behavior, my ideas, my actions, my knowledge, my my rank, whatever is better or greater than everyone else's, and um, it can be a sign of uh, kind of like narcissistic tendencies, um, the the tendency to think that we're the we are the measure of all things, that our judgment is somehow superior to everyone else's, to be inflated in terms of overestimating how great something is, or to um, to be feeling so good that you, you kind of, you know, you trapes into, um, it, you know, the the land the 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 land of bravado and, <clears throat> uh, and arrogance, and there's also something about this, especially because we're have an exalted sun in the sign of Mars, and it's a fiery sign that can be very muscular and um, m- like macho, and you know that doesn't have to be like you could see the sun uh the sun join jupiter exalted sun conjoined jupiter is like the mr olympia or you know miss universe competition or something like that you know like i think that's the one where it's bodybuilding right uh, i know the olympia one is i don't know what the female equivalent is or whatever but anyway the idea of something being like zeus like and strong and powerful and beautiful and and like radiant um, you know, maybe that's maybe that's actually a beautiful thing, but you do have to be important. Uh, you do have to be careful about the tendency to overestimate your own importance or the importance of someone or something that has that kind of heroic, muscular quality. Because you can be seduced by something like that too. <clears throat> At the same time, I want to say that number three is also true, which is that this transit births confidence charisma enthusiasm joy sunshine belief trust and hope and sometimes it's a fine line sometimes people might find that because you're confident and enthusiastic they think you're self-important but you're not you're just happy sometimes people will think you're arrogant but you're just exuding sunshine sometimes people will think that you've got a bunch of bravado going on but you've got belief trust and hope you know (laughs) so and i think we know the difference because the there's a the, the qualitative difference is usually between joy and um, and d- dominance. It's like the the joyfulness of this transit is truly wonderful. And and when you're filled with joy, you can be charming. And there's maybe that you're a little cocksure, you know. And but but it's charming and it's harmless. You're not trying to hurt anyone or assert yourself over anyone. And so I would say just keep pay attention. You know, And pay attention to what you're irritated by as well. <clears throat> for example, you might be around other people and you might be noticing that some of the people that you're around are you know, extremely um, happy and confident and it might irritate you because maybe those are qualities that we find it hard to access at the moment and we wish we could. And it's easy to not pay attention. I mean, the, the, I think one of the hardest things for us to admit is jealousy and envy. Because in order to admit that, we have to, there's something that oh, it doesn't feel very good. Like I must be a petty bad person if I'm envious or resentful or jealous of someone because they're happy and strong and, and confident and joyful. Um, but it, to me, like I have found within myself that that is one of the most essential tools that I have in my kid is when I'm noticing, hey, I'm in a bad mood and my kids are super happy or my wife is super happy. And I want to like, oh, maybe I want to knock them down a peg because I'm in a bad mood. And if I can catch myself and be like, hey, I'm just jealous and envious because I'm in a bad mood and I wish I had some sunshine and I'm just resenting your envying sunshine right now. That as soon as I recognize that I feel more, I feel stronger and more confident and and capable and good about myself because I'm able, I have enough self-respect to be honest with myself. And suddenly it's weird how if you can be honest about that little piece of envy or resentment that crops up, you immediately start feeling good about yourself. Yeah. Like I'm i I'm a big enough person to recognize that I'm being envious and, and um you know, and bitter. And if that's how I'm acting and I I don't have to act that way, well then like, I'm a strong person for being able to admit that and recognize that. And suddenly you start feeling good about yourself. Um, You know, like, okay, I'm going to let that go. And you know, I'm, I'm, I can be a big person here. So I think even like just the the ability, one of the things about sun Jupiter is the ability to turn negative emotions into positive emotions. And sometimes that happens by just being confident and honest with yourself with negative emotions that you're dealing with. Like, well, I'm feeling crappy, but you know what? That's okay. Suddenly there's sunshine breaking through the clouds of the negative emotion just because you decided that it was okay. It was okay. You accept it. So just that, that it, don't mistake this transit for being nothing but sunshine. It's also about the confidence to choose how to reframe difficult things. That, that is one of the reasons another word we could have used is this transit tends to be redeeming, forgiving, graceful, uplifting, um, because of what it chooses to do with negative or difficult moods or environments or, or feelings and thoughts. Anyway, number four is carpe diem. Now, um, Ren Butler mentions this phrase. I think it's in, I think it's in the cookbook that he mentions Carpe Diem, but I don't know if it's with this one or another Jupiter one, but I love this. Of course, everybody knows this from dead poet society. Uh, you know, Carpe Diem sees the day. Um, but one of the things I love about this synodic reset moment with the sun, Jupiter coming right before an eclipse at that last degree of Aries is there is a sense that like, let's do it. This is a seed that's being planted and it is action-oriented. It is fueled by this this charisma and this budding feeling of needing to move in a new direction. Aries loves to start things. So seize the day. There's this feeling of take a risk, be bold, blaze a trail, uh, be a pioneer in in some little way. Um, Do that hard thing. So I think one of the most enjoyable, satisfying qualities about the transit is the desire to seize the moment and to do something new, to start something, to do that hard thing you don't think you could do, or to find the motivation to go for it. And then number five goes along with this, but a bold new vision, the seeds being planted. So um, the other thing you have to remember is that for many of us, the seeds will start to appear of... New things uh, during this transit, but that'll take a while to play out because we have an eclipse coming at the anoretic degree. We have Jupiter finishing up in Aries between now and later in May. Um, and so just give it time. The other thing is that Aries can be extremely impatient um, and impulsive, and it can, it often will start things, but doesn't always finish them too. So beware of the seeding desires that become somewhat impulsive and impatient right now and know that this bold new vision that's being planted is going to take some time and some tending and a little bit of patience and jupiter's moving from cardinal fire into fixed earth soon where we have to build and sustain what's getting started with the reset of this cycle so that's where things are heading and i i highly i encourage everybody to um uh, to to really take a moment to reflect this week on the desires and intentions and wishes and aspirations that are starting to crop up it's metaphorical spring right now in the zodiac for many people in the northern hemisphere it's literal spring but think about it as an energetic spring and the first new signs of life that are coming up right now you know the other thing you have to remember about aries energy Is that it's energy and potential. If you don't do something about it, nothing's gonna happen. So, you know, pay attention to what's coming up right now, form some plans, start doing the first actions or steps to uh, make some of those goals, um, you know, translating them into action items or whatever it is. Because if you just sit back and do nothing, the other thing that'll happen is that this will be just a big burst of excitement, but it'll, you know, it'll it'll be a nothing burger. So, anyway. A bold new vision, the seeds being planted, the need to act, and the reminder that it will take some time. Okay, well, that's where we went today. I hope that was enjoyable for everybody. Uh, And again, as always, gives you some good things to think about. you can find a transcript of today's talk on the website, nightlightastrology.com. Hop over there and check out the upcoming courses and make sure you check out the need-based tuition option. If we can help you uh, make one of our courses a little bit more affordable, it starts in June, the next course and uh, enrollment. We're already getting lots of enrollment. So we ask that if you're going to use the need-based tuition, uh, the sooner you apply for it, the better, because we want to make sure that we don't wait to the very last minute to um, be um working with those contracts take a little bit we have a form people have to fill out and stuff like that so use it now hopefully we'll see you in class soon and in the meantime i hope you guys are having a good week don't forget to share some of your stories use the hashtag #Grabbed if you've got a good sun jupiter story to share we'd love to hear from you guys all right that's it for today see you tomorrow bye